0: As the war with Hamas enters its nineteenth day, Israeli forces are escalating their bombardment of the Gaza Strip. So, what could happen in the next seventy-two hours? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's find out.
1: This is In America today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City.
0: Hello and welcome. Coming up, police are searching for a U.S. Army reservist wanted for murder after 18 people were killed and 13 others wounded. Plus, the American economy delivers a blockbuster performance in the third quarter. But first... Israeli forces have escalated their bombardment of the Gaza Strip as the war with Hamas enters its 19th day. Meanwhile, Israel Defense Forces conducted a very brief, large ground incursion into Gaza. All this as the Pentagon confirms U.S. troops have been deployed to the Middle East. For more, let's bring in Oz Sultan, the chief strategist with the Sultan Interactive Group. Oz, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Now, the Pentagon has just confirmed U.S. troops have been deployed to the Middle East. This comes after attacks on American bases. Now, while the Biden administration says there have been no deaths, this is an extremely dangerous situation.
1: That's absolutely correct. So we have an entire carrier group that was moved um, to the area, basically offshore of Gaza, um, bordering Israel. Uh, we also have troops that have been moved into the region. Um, arguably, some may have already been in the region, uh, dealing with the relationship we have on the ground in Syria, that's been ongoing for probably the past 10, 12 years, uh, with the SDG, that's in the southern part of Syria. Um, but this is a this is a multi-front, multi-pronged challenge. You've got Hamas to the south. You've got Hezbollah to the north. You've got Israel creating a buffer zone south of um, Lebanon, and then what you have is uh, some preemptive strikes by Israel, uh, which are, are questions in terms of like the, some of the legality of UN law, but those are striking Syria and striking Egypt over the past couple of days. So it's a pretty tense situation, um, and it's only going to continue to get more tense over the next few weeks.
0: Now, what is U.S. involvement, do you think, in this now as it seems to be expanding?
1: Well, you know, the Biden administration is putting forward a $60 billion package for Ukraine and Israel. Um, And the, the crux of what they're looking at for Israel is to bring in the Iron Dome technology, so extending what was already built with the United States from 2011 forward. Um, but the, the question really comes into you know, is American armaments going to be utilized inside of a ground assault against Hamas that has already had significant amounts of, of Palestinian civilian casualties? Um, that's, that's kind of, I think, the, the big question that, that's looming. And that's a question that a lot of Congress people on both sides of the aisle are asking. Because the, the big thing is while we do want to see justice served, and we do understand. Uh, you know, the, the terrible horrors of Hamas, there's a need to temper that against, you know, the rights of the Palestinian people. And at the same point in time, not drag the American people and the American taxpayer into another costly and lengthy war uh, that can just draw out our resources.
0: Now we've heard from Israel that the full ground defensive is imminent. Now tanks are on the move. What might we expect to see possibly in the next 48 hours? Uh,
1: In the next 48 hours, I think we're going to see some sort of a decision on movement from ground troops. You know, I think personally, uh, the the best approach to something like this with Hamas would be something surgical, leveraging, you know, whatever the IDF's equivalent of SEAL teams are, as opposed to a full ground-scale invasion uh, where you can have not just collateral damage, uh, but you're also looking at a significant amount of casualties that could potentially happen the challenge that you have with hamas is that the northern part of gaza is under tunneled um and that that speaks to how they got twenty-five thousand rockets in there um we're not sure the duration of time um but you know there's significant risk in going in and secondarily there's significant risk to additional casualties additional loss of palestinian life um which are just collateral damage to the civilians that are caught in the crossfire and the third thing is, is that, you know, Israel has done this several times over the course of the past 20 years. At no point has it actually been successful in basically depleting and, and, and eliminating Hamas. So the question that has to be asked here is, you know, is this really logical? And more so than that, you know, what is the end term consequence of this? Are they looking at a protracted war? Are they looking at continuing to encroach inside of these you know, civilian enclaves? Um, And, you know, what's the end game? Um, And I don't think Netanyahu has been very clear about that. They do say they want to eradicate Hamas, but uh, is that really feasible? And the bigger question is, is it possible? And from an American perspective, is this going to draw us into Netanyahu's version of an additional Ukraine-type war that has a lot of expenditure, a lot of civilian casualties, and no end in sight? And that's what everyone's worried about, I think, on both sides of the aisle, specifically going into an electoral cycle and a presidential cycle.
0: Israeli officials say Iran is the mastermind behind the northern region and is moving back into Korea. This is ultimately a situation where Iran is already acting as a proxy. How much is it that Iran fully gets involved in this conflict?
1: More than likely, you know, there's, there's, there's three scenarios that I've discussed with some colleagues of mine at the UN, um, and this is what we're concerned about. Scenario one is further encroachment from Hezbollah. Now, they're not well armed, but they could continue to move on to a front, which makes it a multi-front war. Um, situation two is uh, a continued armament by Iran, in, in which case they are using not just um, Iranian regular troops. Uh, but they're using a number of proxies to basically bring munitions in. And the biggest problem for the Muslim world inside of all of this is that Iran is a Shia nation funding Sunni operatives, or Hamas. So if you want to put this in kind of the closest context we have in the past 50 years, this would be like Irish Protestants funding Irish Catholics to attack England through Sinn Féin. Right. It doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense in the geopolitical scale of things, but it makes sense in terms of what Iran's goals are from not just hegemony over this region, but also to basically offset and tip Israel. Um, and Iran has spoken unequivocally to these things. Uh, the third situation, which is one that we're giving about a 25 percent chance, um, and this is something I would never want to see come to bear, is that Iran has enough enriched uranium to the point and degree that they could create a dirty bomb. And were they able to get that to uh, either of the borders, whether to the north, the east, or the south, not only would we have a cataclysmic sort of um, you know deterioration of the Palestinian population, we would have huge dead zones that would be created inside of the Israeli arena, and more than likely this would drag us into a large, whole-scale ongoing potential world war. And I think that's what we should be looking to avoid. That's where the Biden administration, through Secretary Blinken, should be looking at diplomacy. Um, But the Biden administration has said unequivocally right now that diplomacy is not on the table. And you know, even Richard Nixon went and negotiated with the Chinese. So it, it raises a lot of questions as to what this administration is thinking, what the logic is. And if this is going to be, you know, something that causes additional blowback for Americans, because we're already seeing anti-Semitic and anti-Islamic attacks up over a thousand percent in most of your major cities.
0: Yes, we certainly are. Also, we'll have to leave it there. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Maine police are searching for a U.S. Army reservist wanted for murder after 18 people were killed and 13 others wounded. Authorities say the shooting attacks took place at a bowling alley and a bar in the city of Lewiston.
2: A mass shooting left multiple people dead in the city of Lewiston, Maine, on Wednesday evening, about 35 miles north of the state's largest city, Portland. Eyewitness video from one location showed people running away and ambulances arriving. Authorities said the shootings took place shortly before 7 p.m. local time at a bar and a bowling alley. And as of midnight, the gunman was still on the run. In a news briefing, the state's public safety commissioner, Mike Sorschuck, identified a person of interest, but stopped short of calling the man a suspect.
1: Police are currently searching for a Robert R. Card, 4-4-1983 of both. Card is considered armed and dangerous... He is a person of interest, however, and that's what we'll uh, label him at uh, moving forward until that changes.
2: Solskjaer declined to give further details about Card, but officials released more pictures of the man and warned people not to approach him. Authorities urged those in Lewiston to shelter in place, as well as the town of Lisbon between Lewiston and Bowdoin, after finding a vehicle of interest there. Central Maine Medical Center in Lewiston issued a statement saying it was reacting to a mass casualty mass shooter event and coordinating with area hospitals to take patients. The White House said President Joe Biden spoke with Maine Governor Janet Mills by phone and offered full federal support in what he called a horrific attack.
0: The American economy has delivered a blockbuster performance in the third quarter. After dire warnings of a recession, the U.S. economy has defied expectations and grew almost 5 percent.
3: The U.S. economy grew at its fastest pace in nearly two years in the third quarter, once again defying dire warnings of a recession. That's according to the Commerce Department's advance estimate on Thursday. Gross domestic product increased at an annualized rate of 4.9 percent last quarter, blowing past the 4.3 percent GDP estimate forecast by economists polled by Reuters. Robust consumer spending fueled growth amid a resilient labor market, with businesses restocking warehouses and store shelves to meet strong demand. Consumer spending accounts for more than two-thirds of U.S. economic activity. The economy was also spurred by a rebound in residential investment after nine straight quarterly declines. While the strong GDP pace is likely not sustainable, it showcased the economy's stamina despite aggressive interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve to tame inflation. But growth could slow in the fourth quarter due to several factors, including the United Auto Workers strikes and the resumption of student loan repayments for millions of Americans.
0: Thanks so much for watching In America Today. I'm Veronica Dudo. For more, head to tickernews.co. I'll see you soon. More right after this.